You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. And Jack! Hey, that's me. Hey, everybody, welcome. <laughs> We're here in, in uh, Monarch Studios, celebrating episode number 40. 40. 40. And 40's like, we should have a 40-ounce beer, because it's also Jason's 40th birthday. Two or days what? ago was, yep. was. Yeah, 40. but it'll be like 14 days. And when you it'll be 40 this. days by the time yeah. this gets released. <laughs> yep. Oh, so a lot going on. Um, we do not have a guest today, so we're going to go back to, uh, temporarily go back to our... Larry wants to call it open mic open night, to, mic make, night. to make it sound like it's planned, but um, really we're just going to kind of There's it. a hipster with a guitar upstairs who wants to... First, we need to apologize bondage. to our last guest. Hey, that was your fault. I wasn't I, here. No, I know. I know. That was uh, our first foray. If I can't even say the word foray into foray. a uh, Google Hangout. We invited uh, Jason Richards, who uh, jumped awesome. in. Yeah. He was great. And, and the whole five if minutes. you could hear it. <laughs> yeah. So we got a good five minutes out of about 65 minutes. So, Jason, thank you. I'm sorry. I've apologized uh, prolifically on Facebook to him. So maybe he'll come back. Hopefully. Yeah. Maybe Hopefully. you should buy him a 40. <laughs> True. He's coming. He's coming in March. To this. To, yeah, to well, my basement? He's coming to your basement. <laughs> uh, no, I guess we, I should got, clean up. We got some plans. We got <laughs> Lock up the hounds. We have a we have a small uh, lecture coming in, uh, in in March. We'll talk about that later. Cool. All right. So um, a lot of Masonic stuff going on. Uh, Larry, what have you done? I guess it was an extra week because of some... Fifth Monday. Yeah. So, Full moon. So in the past three weeks, what have you done Masonically, Larry? Oh, actually, I was thinking about that today. And lodge-wise, very little because we met at the beginning of the month. Uh, I've done a lot for the uh, the Academy of Masonic Knowledge, getting papers, doing things that I needed to do two years ago already. And I've been working on that. I've been working uh, on some things with the Pennsylvania Lodge of Research. But you didn't go to the Academy. You didn't show yeah, up. Did, I you, didn't, did no, you shuffle those papers no, from your couch? No, no, from downstairs on my desk. No, I've been working on that diligently, and it just feels like I've been involved in Freemasonry, like, for weeks. And, it, it, and uh, again, you know, Goose and Gridiron, which we've had for the past three weeks, uh, um, other things that are happening in our lodge, that's keeping me more than busy. Uh, so it's it's just it's just intense lately. How do you how do you feel about the Masonic villages um, stealing that name that you stole from England? England, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Masonic Village opened up a pub where they sell alcohol. I know, called Goose. Can Green you Island. believe that? I mean, we had no claim to that name, but uh, right, no, of not course not. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Jason, what what do you have uh, going on? Since we last recorded, probably a stated meeting. Um, at 43, we had a joint table lodge with Millersville because we meet on the same night. That was pretty fun. Uh, most people know, but for those that don't, I will not be secretary next year. I am, uh, I'm stepping down from the secretary chair so I can jump in the middle of the line as senior deacon. Uh, but that means that I'm training my replacement. So I've been spending a lot of my weekends doing that. 
Masonically, uh, outside of Blue Lodge, that's really about it. I mean, the normal Scottish Rite stuff uh, for work, and uh, that's really it. Was the uh, our, our eighth degree in this past three weeks, or was that before that? You know, I don't remember, and I got my hand slapped for posting a picture online about it, so... You I, did? I do or do not... Can can or cannot confirm or deny the, <laughs> the existence of being in an eighth, eighth degree. There was eighth. I don't eight. I don't know about it. Anyway, Jason and I were in the eighth degree. I don't and, know what you're um, talking about. We, but there is no photographic record. We of can't it. talk about it. <laughs> Oops. Ja- Jack, what do you have going on? <clears throat> what do I have going on? I am coming to the end of the tunnel that I dug for myself in remodeling the basement. We're getting really close. We have a couple little touch-up things to do. We have to install the bar. But it's going to be it's going to be the most awesome social hall in Pennsylvania masonry uh, that no one will ever come to. And there won't be. And the ironic thing is you can't have alcohol, but 11 feet above your head is a state store. Yeah, we have a whole warehouse full of alcohol, like within reach. You could cut um, a hole in the floor and just go up and get it. It has been tried. Um, <laughs> somebody actually years ago, somebody <clears throat> broke into our lodge to try to find the secret passage into the liquor store. And they were, they were really bummed out to find out there is no such thing. But, uh, so other than that, we've had regular old masonry stuff. I haven't been to goose and gridiron. I think it's, it's going on two months. I just, my schedule has been, um, really in turmoil and you're one of those rare individuals has to work. Uh, yeah. You know, somebody's got to do that. Um, so you got to work on that. Larry and I, we're getting that 2% raise. uh, So you got to, Keep contributing. Damn, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. I may hurt myself so I get this ability. I don't know. That's about it. Uh, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. We had AMD last night, um, so that was another uh, that was another nice night. Um, I, my wife calls it the League, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, but I think um, once we get this basement done at Ephrata, I think I'm going to try to um, initiate a spur organization out of our AMD chapter, um, and maybe possibly get chartered. So. We, we, we likewise had a league of extraordinary gentlemen at John Spinaldo's house. Yeah, we did. Gathering. That's of, true. That's a true. gathering of Eagles on last Friday gathering night, of which, eagles. which was really great cigars, beer, and great, uh, Burgers. great cookout. I was reminded why I don't smoke cigars after 7 PM because <laughs> yeah. at, at four o'clock in the morning, I was still tasting it. it was, <laughs> oh my God. I love you, Sean. There was, um, I don't think any of us went, but there was Masonic Village uh, Autumn Days. I was there. Oh, that's I, was right. there. I, was, I was in the Ubar booth. Nice. <clears throat> and none of us went to PA Academy of Masonic. Yeah, College. you slackers. You, you had us. Because you were going to represent. C- the cigar and the beer night. Wow. Uh, I, I, uh, that was a wipeout for me. Wow. Yeah, I, I've had a busy couple weeks. I mean, we had the Pennsylvania Grotto Association up in uh, Seven Springs Resort. Um, Tall Cedars. Uh, I was there with um, Widows Night. Oh, we all grotted. I forgot about that. We grotto in costumes. Um, and um, and I've had my own, like, lodge drama combined with all of the different Masonic uh, stuff I've been up to. I finally, I think I hit, like, maximum, like, ready to burst. Like, I had finally had, like, the craps of Freemasonry because I had so much going on and so much stress. It was reminding me of when I actually used to work for a living. 
like level of stress. <laughs> but Jack and I went to um, our AMD meeting last night. And for you guys that don't have that, it's called Allied Masonic Degrees. And even if you do have it, it's not like ours because <laughs> it's every chapter gets to play it kind of fast and loose and have their own structure. Our structure, we have a nice dinner and we have just great conversation. Um, and, you know, when I was at the end of my rope and ready to, like, jump off the tallest Masonic building I could find, you know, I had a nice evening with a bunch of grown-up adult Masons that... Uh, Mostly. Me, yeah, that, but it made me feel better again about the craft, that there is still some uh, stuff to enjoy, even though I was losing my mind. Hey, that's awesome. All right, well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, we'll have some uh, wonderful things, including a book review and uh, some other shenanigans. So our, our first... We're carefully back. We're carefully back. We're carefully. Yes. Shh, careful. So yeah, um, just like any uh, group of, of Masons, we're pretty much like gossiping, gossiping and griping about all kinds of things in our personal lives and our personal lodges that we really can't share here without <laughs> without violating a bunch of Masonic... Being expelled. ...oaths and, <laughs> and things. Um, so we're trying to make things a little bit more vague, but I, I you know, I think... Larry, we'll just make this a, a broader topic. And we've talked about this before. Everybody here hates fundraising. Yay. And we hate it, A, because, as Jack says, we're not a, Blue Lodge is not a charitable organization. It's an organization of charitable men. Um, and we should be raising money to help ourselves. But my lodge is fortunate. We have money in the bank. So we're not raising money to keep the electric on. We're just raising money because people think we should try to raise money. Well, I think I, I think there's people in in um, in the line in in whatever lodge that feel like if there's an event, it, it should be a fundraiser, and if we need a fellowship event, let's make it a fundraiser. So it keeps coming, it keeps swirling around that that fundraiser title. Like we had at our lodge, we had a um, we had a very nice golf outing for years and years, and um, it was just let's get together and play golf. And everybody got together. Well, there were everybody got together. There were a, a couple of dozen guys got together and played golf once a year. And that was the golf outing. And then I come along and say, "Oh, we should make this an event and have a fundraiser and have door prizes and blah 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 blah." And it got so top heavy, and we don't have a golf outing anymore. Because it, it turned into a fundraiser, and it didn't need to be a fundraiser, but it seemed like the right thing to do at the time. So, you know, some of those fellowship opportunities should just be for fellowship. That's why Goose and Gridiron works, and that's why your, your fellowship night at the pizza joint works. It's Only just, that turned out to be a fundraiser. Um, because the owner of the pizza shop gives a percentage of the profits he makes 
to whatever we want. Yeah, that's, but he, that's his choice. That's, right? his, that's, that's his, his charity. It's his yeah. choice. That's, exactly. Right. Exactly. That's, uh, you're not going out and saying, "Hey, little old lady down the street, buy a yeah. you know, yeah. buy some." But, but we're not paper. doing the return on investment thing where I'm spending twenty dollars at night because he's going to kick ten back in. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things you said earlier, Jack, was we're not going to have a fundraiser to keep the lights on. I think if a lodge is in a position like that financially, that it has to do a fundraiser to keep the lights on, I say close them down permanently. I mean, I don't see why you're even staying open. You obviously are not a good shepherd of your finances. Well, my my thing is just uh, let's get beyond Freemasonry and just it's an organization. And if you're going to have an event that's a fundraiser event, the worst case scenario is should be we didn't make that much money. The worst case scenario shouldn't be we lost money. Like, there's just needs to be a little bit of better math skills involved to, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many nights a month, and you're not going to get people to come out to bingo. Jack, you said it very well at our um, grotto meeting. What I did? You made you made a, a very prophetic statement. Because was in, I sober? No. Okay, good. <laughs> but every, I would say eighty percent of the men in our grotto are extremely active in Freemasonry. I think I saw there's like thirty or forty past masters in our grotto. Oh yeah. Like it's 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 crazy. And a couple of thirty thirds and yeah. Yeah, a couple of CY, KYCHs. Um pe- people are very active. And this isn't like this for every grotto, but for our grotto, it really is. People can get excited to show up once a month to have dinner and some drinks and some laughs. Yeah. That's what they want. Right. The minute we try to add an extra Right. Event. It, it, it okay, I remember parts of this conversation. Now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> your, your, well, I guess our, our master, you know, said something really poignant at a, at a meeting um, where he said, uh, you know, fellowship first. And he was talking in regards to a uh, extra meeting that was a little rough around the edges. You know, but his point was, you know, we were we were laughing and having a good time and the fellowship level was high at an extra meeting. And, and he was making the point that even though we may have had a rougher night ritualistically, uh, we had a great night, night of fellowship. And I think that if we keep that in mind when we do fundraising, you know, for example, 43 last year started the, um, oh, uh, 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 what is it, what, uh, the big cancer fundraiser? The Nick Wish. No. Uh, the walk, the the walk, no, no, walk not, of shame. No, not walkathon. Why am I drawing? This is terrible. The uh, the big race walkathon is that it? The cancer fundraiser relay for life. Yeah, it's the one. <laughs> wow, <laughs> terrible wow. relay for life. They started relay for life and it turned into a district event, which was fine. Because you should have a memory loss event. Yeah, yeah man. He, he turned forty. He is going to have memory. <laughs> yeah, but but in the end, it became a district wide event and it became a really really well supported. I think that when we have these fundraisers that are a little bit more shoot from the hip and isolated just in our own lodges. Like you said, there's guys that are so busy. The particular fundraiser you guys might be talking about or ones that you've done in the past, I think becomes about raising funds as opposed to raising fellowship. And and if we're going to have a fundraiser, I also don't want to cannibalize on the men on our lodge. Like 
okay, we're going to go to dinner. We're going to sell these tickets to the men that are sitting there at the dinner. At that dinner. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I have an event coming up next month, um, the Santa Stumble that I've been doing for, for years through for the, the Mounted Police. And it works because it's fun. Uh, last year, we made something like $28,000 just because it's fun. People want to go, and we accidentally raise money while we're having fun. And that's the best kind of fundraiser. Right. And I think where the business part of it comes from. And that in. was kind of organic anyway when that started. Right? Yeah, yeah. The first year we did it, I thought like 10 guys were going to show up and uh, we had like 80. So I'm like, uh, maybe we should let the cops know we're going to be ra- rambling around in outfits just in case they get some complaints about some fat guys running around the streets. Um, so then we just took a collection, five bucks ahead of the people that were there, and we made a little donation. And, the, then, um, and then seven years later, we're over 60 grand total. Well, you know, the one thing that you do that, that I think that we forget to do as a Masonic organization is that when you look at Santa Stumble, you go, how much am I, how much am I going to invest? And what is my potential risk? Right. So when we have to sell X number of tickets just to get out of the hole, you know, we should do that math and we should say to the master, or if you are the master, you should say to your past masters, your whomever, you know, here is our potential risk. Are we willing to do this? And do I have this built into my budget this year in case this tanks? But I don't think that we do that very often. Yeah. Like my, my total investment for 250 scarves and 1500 buttons were like at $2,000. And right. I turned the event rate on, and in two days, I broke even. So any, anything since then is just now it's just profit. Every day I turn event rate on, and like oh we're up to nine thousand dollars, and that's not even counting the cash that's going to come in the night of. So you know, I just you know it makes me wonder how much time, you know, because time is money too. Well, how much time do we invest into these events that <clears throat> don't break even or barely break even that we could be spending visiting? You know, our, our exactly. brothers at home. And that's a huge issue. Not only the time invested in these projects, but also the number of people involved in them, which are generally very few. You uh, know, there's the same 10 or 15 people that do everything for every project. And it takes a lot out of you. It, it does, especially when there's event after event after event. But what I was going to say is for the... Officers in the line that are progressing through and who eventually get into a position where they say, I'm going to have this event. Has anybody ever really trained them on how to think through an event? No. No. Has there there ever been any of that, right? So we've got this uh, meeting of the, the incoming officers that they all have to sit through a leadership thing. How about we break off and do a group that says, here's how to plan an event. Thank you for allowing us to segue, not right now, into our next topic, which is lodge management or a lack thereof. But anyway, continue. Well, you know, I I can remember a a job that I had, the only job I've ever been fired from. Um, And I was... Sonic Lake Podcast? No. (laughs) That's next month. I'm waiting. The, the, the sword is hanging. No, it, it was like I, I was put into a position that was impossible, um, and I wasn't trained for it. They said, this is your job. Do it. And for a, a, a variety of reasons, uh, I wasn't really particularly good at it. And 
at the end of the day, no one ever trained me for the position. And I didn't, I was, I was so over my head that I didn't have the wherewithal to go find the training that I needed. But, you know, in the, in the job that I have now, I, I've, I've taken the training that I need to do my job better and I do my job better. And that's, that's something I don't think we do enough of. I think we, I think we think we do. I think Grand Lodge thinks they put a, a packet out, you know, off the ditto machine. Um, I think we think it comes into our head mysteriously yeah, but, and mythically that we're right. Oh, but well, it, well I, I think Jason's Lodge and Jack's Lodge are both fortunate enough. I know, Jack, you've never had a repeat at Master? Right, correct. Okay, and... Um, so far, Knockwood. And Jason, you have like like almost like a waiting list of guys to get in the line. We have a waiting list and we have a couple of trustees that are really, really active in helping the masters with budget and money. And right. So there, there's an actual group that you guys both could probably could put something in place. Um, I just remember when I, I was asked to, uh, could P, could you fill in as a person tonight? And then magically two nights later, I was a junior deacon and four years later I was master. And, you know, I was just, as my old buddy Terry used to say, I was just slapping water. You know, I was basically barely treading water as Worshipful Master, kind of just following the blueprint of the year before me and just trying to be a good steward and not crash the ship. I, I didn't have any huge goals. I didn't accomplish much. I didn't. But there's a lot of lodges that run on that. These are the lodges that have had the same secretary for the last 20 years. And the secretary runs the lodge and he knows what he needs to do to get through the year and he does it and it does it well. And, but, but that, that's where they get out of sorts when you try to break into some new thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the continuity thing. And, 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 and I get into this with, um, I was discussing this at the, uh, Pennsylvania Grotto Association. Um, and you know, here's a whole another big long topic. So, you know, Jason will probably have write to write this down, Larry. Jason will probably have to manufacture a, a break in here somewhere at some point. But um, you know, we had a very poorly attended Pennsylvania Grotto Association meeting, and it was at Seven Springs, which is a beautiful ski resort. And in the fall, there's like Autumn Fest kind of deal going on. It's it's awesome. Um, there was a Mary Kay convention, so you know, Ooh. gentlemen, if you're, you're into that. There was a lot of Mary Kay ladies around. Ooh. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, a lot of pink. <laughs> but easy, Larry. So the same weekend that we had our event, um, the New York Grotto guys had the Empire State Grotto Association, um, which was attended by the Grand Monarch. So you know that got some, you know, more more people went to that. Um, and in Elizabethtown here in, in Pennsylvania was our big autumn days, which most lodges in, in this and most dependent bodies in Pennsylvania try to have some sort of presence at autumn days. Heck yeah. So, you know, we're competing. And I think there was also a commandery event in Pennsylvania yeah. the same weekend. So, you know, we're being stretched and there's scheduling problems where Oh, and it's bigger than that. The, the whole reason that Autumn Days was, I, I, I believe the reason that Autumn Days was pushed back was to accommodate, because normally it would have been earlier in the year, but I believe it conflicted with some Grand Lodge events as well. So, I mean, it's not just, it's, not, it's everywhere. So, you know, 
as much as I would like to solve all the problems of the world and the state, if we could just focus on the district um, and, you know, if, if like we don't need to have 11, we don't need to have 10 golf event, 10 crappy, poorly attended golfing events when, you know, if the lodge in Lebanon wants to have a golfing event and Lamberton, my lodge can put together two foursomes and you can put together two foursomes. We would have a really nice event. And if there's a, a dinner or something, you know, we should just all be going together as a district to plan these events. Well, the larger district ones seem to be more popular, like race again, relay, relay for life. And, and Lodge in the Woods. Lodge was in the always Woods. successful. Right. You know, that, that was a 40, I mean, Jack, Jack, Jack and Effort does all the work, but it, it's successful as far as the people that show up. We had some good help this time. Yeah. I mean. Uh, so, not, Larry, yeah, oh. I'm not even, yeah, it was, it was great. It was wonderful. So, Larry, yeah. question for you, because I know that you passionately dislike fundraising. Absolutely. But let me, <laughs> but let me ask you, if, if it was, if it was an, if it was an event such stress on breaking even and if the risk wasn't so high and the fellowship outweighed the fundraising would you have a problem where your money went after that event no and i, I wouldn't and that, that that's an ideal situation which generally does not exist no okay uh I, I wouldn't have a problem with that but every fundraiser and i'll use our lodge specifically that we're involved in uh, i may not partake of it but i support it and i spend money and i do it uh, and I'm proud to do that. But the bottom line is I, I realize the toll it takes on people. I realize the toll it takes on budgets because most of the time we don't break even. I know they hate to say that, but we don't break even. I think in all the events now, particularly I'm going back to our lodge, I think we've lucked out so far. I think we have. I also think on several occasions we've turned down ideas for fundraisers because we knew we were going to lose money. I can remember that distinctly. Right, right. The, the pork sandwiches where we're yes. going to, somebody had the bright idea to pay $4 for a sandwich that we're going to sell for $6. Well, that was, that was spun incorrectly too, because it wasn't meant to be a fundraiser. It was meant to attract, like it was okay to have a cost, but that's okay. That's a discussion for other time. No, it's not. No. You know, it's perfect. I really feel like well, fundraising. Going it, on. Obviously it was his idea. <laughs> Fun, fundraising. I may, I may or may not have been on the committee. <laughs> You just had a problem with that math thing that um, <laughs> yeah, we have to sell 5,000 sandwiches to break even. We lose money on every sandwich, yeah, but we make it up And remember, Jason's a bookkeeper. <laughs> oh. No, I knew we were going to have to subsidize the food and we were, we were prepared, whatever. My point being is that fundraising to me is like selling, right? And selling is a transference of enthusiasm. If you have one guy who's invested and you can't get the rest of the lodge behind the fundraiser, then of course it's going to be a flop. You know, it... it it's tough. You've got to find one that, that everybody is going to get behind. We, we don't get the, most of the lodge behind the fundraiser. Yeah. Uh, we at Lamberton, I, I always forget this. How many? 400, 500 members? Like 400 roughly. 400 roughly. Uh, we have 15 people maybe doing a fundraising project. Uh, we have maybe 40 or 50 people financially supporting it. W where are the other Almost 350. I, I, I said this the other day when we were trying to put the tables together at, at the basement. Uh, we don't have a good mechanism for communicating that sort of thing. Well, that's, that sort that's of the base spur of the moment. Problems. Spur of the moment, drop of the hat. We're going to do this thing. 
how do you get that out? If you got 400 members and 300 of them are over the age of 80 and the other 100, 25 of them have the internet and well, nobody's, we, we on, do, and nobody's on Facebook. We do use the 1980s technology once in a while. Call, of them, call all. them all. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> but it works. It gets my attention. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, the old guys have phones. <laughs> so 43 it, next year, I have a small budget for our education committee that I'm chairing, thankfully. And we have a fun event coming up, which we'll talk about later. But going back to our events, like I, I have a budget. I know roughly how much it's going to cost, right? I know how much I might need to subsidize by asking another lodge to support or another organization, you know, but it just dawned on me next year as well. One of our trustees and I thought that we might do an apparel sale, right? Like what you set up, Pete, that you can go online, mm-hmm. you can order your apparel and it's low risk because I got to pay the embroidery setup fees or whatever. But other than that, somebody can it's go- It's a white, white label program. If somebody right. buys a $20 shirt, the lodge gets a buck or two. So, so it's, it's easy. But there is a, a fundraising idea that, you know, maybe the officers or the, the chairman in charge of that program, they get the shirts, they wear them to lodge, everybody gets excited and they go, man, I got to get me one of those. You mean like our fabulous Masonic Light podcast Exactly. Shirts? You should go to our <laughs> Which website. Which are available at uh, MasonicScarves.com. Actually, uh, no. Um, Queensland something. Queensboro.com slash Masonic Light, I believe. So I'm just thinking out loud that, you know, maybe instead of doing an almoners or a permanent fund fundraiser, you know, that those funds could go into, you know, I'm now thinking selfishly, into the education committee fund. And But the point being is that there's something that's low impact. It's a lot of fun. You know, and I think we missed the, the, the boat on some of that low hanging fruit as lodges. I just, you know, you're going to have your things next year that you're doing. Lamberton's going to be doing their things. Jack's Lodge is going to be doing his things. Some of that we're going to be duplicating when that time could be better spent teaming up. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, if you um, if you go to school of instruction, as I know you do. You would, I, I did when you I was would, uh, I did when I was in the line. I know. You, what you would see is that the next crop of officers coming up, um, the the guys that are senior warden today and junior warden today, are really coming together, and they're working out. They they have a future past masters club that they get together before school of instruction. Yep. And go through the work that they know they're going to need when they get to the east on their own. And those guys are building a cohesion that I think is outstanding. And good that's for, something that... Good for them. Yeah, absolutely. And it was completely... Uh, I, I, I think it was Kenny Van Fleet from my lodge that was one of the guys that started it, but I He's won't He's the guy that credit. brings the beverage once in a while. Oh, the lighter fluid. <laughs> not not the school of instruction. Not the no, school. No, 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 no. No, but he did bring Moonshine to Grotto. But it's funny, the one time that they needed... This may or may be a fabricated story, but I think that it... Uh, some school instruction they needed to strip some furniture. I swear it was. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily for your buddy in Ephrata, you didn't have to look too far. It's he believe- had some out in the trunk of his car. Yeah. It's believable. It's plausible, but it didn't happen. No, no. But but anyway, um, you know, and that that's the kind of thing that is going to help um, in the district. But, uh, you know, here's me being whiny. There's there's a, a, a the Brownstown wall 
that no one seems to be able to get past the Brownstown wall to come to Africa well, for a it, thing. It's because of the police up there near Piero's. Like, if it's 25 miles an hour. There's if you do one 20s, guy. He's stuffed. He's no. not even real. For our non-central. He's stuffed. He's sitting in that car. Have you ever seen that car move? Uh, never. No. Never. <laughs> now, for our non-central PA listeners, Jack's Lodge is about 25. 21 minutes away from right here, right now. North in some of the worst Lancaster County worst traffic. What? Oh, Please. I'm, well, it's oh, that my, cue the well, violins. Come I'm just on saying now. that's the imagine. That's it is. It is weird. Ephrata uh, is more of a because I remember when my friend managed Lilies, they didn't even advertise in like the Lancaster area. When I ran, most of their business came from the Reading area. They advertised. So it's this weird little no. culture where you're not Lancaster County. Listen, 300 years ago, it was a cloister. It's still a cloister. That's what it is. <laughs> so let me throw this idea out. And get your get your idea because this is the open mic, right? Yeah. Um, and then we can go to break if Pete Pete decides we can do that. So in our lodge, we have an abundance of officers. We have guys begging to be in line. And in other lodges, we have they're they're struggling. Yeah, yeah. Some like guys uh, like our friend Chris in Quarryville has been master four times, or right. five times. Oh, there's five. lodges that are they're you know they're yeah. still trying to figure out who their master is going to be. Um, so. I had mentioned this, you know, to my free, Are you going to go free agency here? No, sort of. Not really. Not <laughs> contractor. Trade <Yeah>. deadline. <laughs> like Halliburton. I was... Or uh, no, Black, Black, whatever the... Blackwater. 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 Black you yeah, know, this, yeah. this came up as a conversation, you know, over over a beer in, in uh, my lodge in particular. I had said, you know, what if we did like a... No, actually, we talked about this at breakfast, not over beer. Uh, you know, what if we had an officer on loan program? You know, I don't know. And seriously, I don't know what I don't know what that would look like. <laughs> but, you know, here you've got guys that want to go through the line in some lodges. I mean, think about it, that there's lodges that could use the help and there's lodges that have an abundance of help. You know, I don't know how the, you know, does a lodge notice say, you know, an officer on loan out and blah, blah, blah. Do we right. pay his and, dues for him while he's there? You know? Yeah. And I don't want to pick on Quarryville, but they don't even have Internet. So they're not hearing this. <laughs> It's kind of Episcopalian. You can love so, it. Yeah. I mean, like there's back back in the day when we were on horseback, we had, you know, 10 lodges in this county because if you wanted to go to Ephrata, it was a all day horse ride. You couldn't go to lodge in Ephrata unless you were planning on spending the night. Well, you know, there's any lodge in this county is a 20 minute or less drive. So, yeah, I, I do think if somebody wanted to donate their time to the craft it's very easy. I mean, they just need plural membership. Right. Well, there would have to be and some then sort plop of... in a chair. It would it's need easy. To, but it would need to be some sort of like... I mean, I, I hate to be selfish when I say this, but there needs to be the whiff of what's in it for me. Right? Like, I, you know, I joined Lodge 43 because it's right around the corner. If I'm going to drive up to Lebanon once a month to go help them out, you know, what's the... Well, it just depends. It Everybody me? finds... The warm some... feeling in your heart. <laughs> Everybody finds something different in Freemasonry. True. Whether it's sitting the chairs or doing social orders or doing the, you know, the more hoity toity orders. If you really want to learn the work and be an officer and someday, you know, have that, that Euclid, that 47 problem Euclid in your hand, if you're a Pennsylvania person and say you're a past master, you know, right. You can get motivated and go down there and you could be a master in three or four years and learn the work. I brought it up because Jack mentioned that, you know, cohesion. I mean, there's a perfect example that, Yes, I believe that they are thinking, you know, collectively, but 
you know, there's an option that can be Worship Master A and Worship Master B. B needs some help. Worship Master A is like, man, I got a guy that I cannot get in line right now. Would you take him if I pay his dues for a couple of years? I mean, of course, the answer is yes. You know, but that I, I'd be curious I, if they're having those conversations. They're, they're not. Right. I mean, they're not. But I, I did when Quarryville was was in jeopardy. And I held up my hand and said, look, if if you really want to turn this around and keep going, I'll sit in the east because I'd love to sit in the east again. But in my lodge, I can't because we've we we've never had anybody repeat. So I said, I'll do it, but I'm only going to do it if you guys are going to work to rebuild your lodge. Right. I'm not going to be a placeholder until your 150th anniversary and then you close. That's not that's silly. Um, And it. Turns out they said, okay, don't bother. And I said, okay, I, it's another night I have to myself. But but I've tried, you know, I it just wasn't what they wanted. Right. So I, the mechanism is there. It's plural membership and getting a chair. And it's easy. Yeah, the, the, the issue I have is, and this is like a personal struggle where Years ago, I, I dated a, a nice lady who um, had an alcohol um, abuse problem. And, you know, I got into like a whole codependent lifestyle where I was always going out of my way trying to help her. And like the more I would help, the more I get taken advantage of. And finally, you know, like anybody that's dealing with an addiction or addicted to whatever, you finally hit rock bottom and you, you lose your mind and you decide you're not going to do it anymore. And, you know... At what point, some of the stuff in Freemasonry, when you become, you're trying so hard, and the more that you go out of your way to try and help, the more that these people are expecting yeah. it. The first law of unintended consequences. Yeah, and, you know, and, and it, it gets to the point where, like, the other day, I, you know, Larry, Larry heard me on the telephone. Like, <laughs> like you know, what am I going to do? I've, you know, given 20 years and signed up 50 people for my lodge, and, like, I'm losing my mind. Like, I, I can't give anymore. Well, Freemasonry is the opposite of the music industry. You know, in the music industry, if you say no one, once, you know, you might get the phone call again. If you say no twice, you're done. You know, you never say no to a gig. And in Freemasonry, you say no, and they keep calling. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah, say, that, you say that, yes that, once. That's and not you're, a rule uh, that works. <laughs> yeah, there's blood in the water. As, as, <laughs> as we used to say in sales, there's blood in the water. You know, you know this is this is a lesson that I had to learn as secretary, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm leaving secretary now, so I can only give it as advice to anybody going in. Is that, you know, in our lodge, we tend to hand out the committee of inquiries after the state of meeting, where most lodges have them prearranged. It's just the way that it has worked in our lodge for a long time. You know, committee of inquiry to be determined. Um, so I end up, you know, handing them out, you know, with the worship master's blessing, of course. But I always go to the same guys. And the reason I go to the same guys is because... You know, know they're going to get it done. I know they're, they're going to get it done. I know they're going to say yes. I know that, you know, I'm not going to have to scramble and go and, you know. So, I mean, I get it. So before we go to break, I just want to share... Uh, I took a picture of all of us sitting around recording episode 40 and posted it on the Masonic Light podcast Facebook page. And the, uh, the first response is from uh, Mark Mattern. Uh, who says, uh, I know that guy. Yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> he says, wow, the studio is so, so, so Wayne's world. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Wayne's world. <laughs> Thanks Mark. We love you, buddy. Yeah. So Mark, yeah, I, uh, this, this is my house. And the last time I was in my basement was three weeks ago when we recorded. So, <laughs> well, we're at the, uh, the 40 minute mark. Well, 40 minutes in our time. 
which is probably like 20 minutes usable. Right. And or after you lose something, yeah. you have to start over. Should we go to break? Let's take a break. That's right. by Stephanie Chocolate, which is available where, Jack? Uh, in Lancaster, it's available at Building Character. They carry a broad line of Intermezzo by Stephanie Chocolates. Whoa. In the words of Larry Maris, boy, it is freaking awesome. Phenomenal. It really is good. Really I'm is not good. a chocolate person, <clears throat> but it's good. Stop I'm in not, I'm and have an chocolate. I'm not big in chocolate mint, but this stuff is the most... Mm. This is the best stuff I've ever had. Nom, 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 nom. Best chocolate I had all day. Mm. Nice. So... We love hearing from you. So if you could send us an email at MasonicLatePodcast at Gmail or call us and leave a message at 315-596-2766. What is that spell? That is 315-59-MASON. So, or, or go on our Facebook page and just comment on one of my ridiculous pictures I share. Yeah, or leave us a message on Facebook. Or what would be really great, I've mentioned this a few times, is that if you are a Masonic musician... And you have some music that you would be willing to share with, uh, that's royalty free, <laughs> that we could use as uh, some intro or outro or filler music, we'd, be, uh, we'd ha- be happy to give you a little plug. So speaking of fan mail, hate mail, I want to share a story. Uh, so I work in Harrisburg at the Scottish Rite, and one of the masters of one of the lodges that meets there uh, comes down and he says to me, and he goes, oh, I got to tell you something. We just uh, did a fellow craft degree, and I was talking to the fellow craft candidate, and he said, man, I've been, you know, itching to get my third degree, but in the meantime, I've been listening to um, a podcast called Masonic Light Ugh, that I believe... <laughs> and he still wants to go? <laughs> that- <laughs> <laughs> that I believe that I believe is uh, from uh, from Lancaster, and uh, and, 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 and the master works. said, you know, I think that uh, I think we can do you one better. One of the co-hosts actually works here in this building, so I've yet to meet him. I've uh, I've befriended the said fellow craft on Facebook, but uh, he hasn't accepted my friend uh, request. Yet. When is he getting his third? I you know I don't know. I'll find out. That would be fun. We, get we should all. go stick a microphone in his face. It'll be really shitty. If <laughs> oh, we wait, don't he's go, listening though. to this now. We're probably not going to go, so we, don't we count can, on we, us. We can't plug the microphones in, but we should sit on the sideline with our headphones <laughs> on and microphones. <laughs> so we'll assure the district deputy that we're not recording. Get those parabolic <laughs> microphone <laughs> things. So I know who he is, but we haven't met in person, so I don't want to. I don't want to mention his name on air until we're actual uh, right. real friends. But. I said to the master, I said, you did, you, you, you told him that we're like the locker room of masonry, right? Like we may not be the best educational resource, but, uh, yeah. So there is one piece of fan mail. Yeah. We have a fan. Oh, and he's male. Yeah. Fan mail. Male fan. I, uh, I heard from a, a gentleman, Swipe uh, right. talking on the mic <laughs> by, by the name of Jay Ivy, 
uh, from Nashville, Tennessee. Oui. And he oh, says, Larry, I love the podcast. Very inspiring. You and the gang are a joy to listen to. Larry, uh, Larry how, how are you getting fan mail? Facebook. How do, yeah, yeah. He's, he's writing to himself. Like, why wouldn't they have written to the show? I, I have no clue. So this is so Mr. Ivy, Brother Ivy. Thanks, se- Mom. He, he, se- se- <laughs> he seeked you out. That's bad, bad grammar, but yeah. he sought you out. Uh, apparently. Uh, uh, I, well, I don't know. What's your pen name, Larry? That's my pen. Nom de plume. Nom, <laughs> nom, nom. nom. <laughs> is, it, is it Joe Ivy? John Ivy? Uh, we uh, thank you anyway, brother. Thank you. We thank our one listener in Tennessee. Tell your other friend. I, I, you know, people actually, if they hear me on the show, they look for Larry Maris on Facebook and I'm there. That's it. That's it. So, right. You can't spell my last name. See, nobody knows no, my name that's because true. I'm not that's on the internet. <laughs> And yeah, Jack's barely even on the I'm like incognito in the whole thing. <laughs> so we love hearing from you, Jay. So we should go to break and listen to... Uh, Seth, Seth Anthony. Yeah. And we should listen to Jeff Moyer, maybe, if he's got something. Come back and... Uh, oh, and then Dan there's a Brown's special book. book review. Yes. Yeah. All right, we're back with a special, very special, very, very special Moyer's Magical Mentoring Minute. We're here at the Lancaster Masonic Center. Just after the eighth degree practice for the Scottish Rite. And, and it, it was a beaut. It <laughs> was. Yes, yes. Where, where Jeff is the um, director, he's your title director? Degree master. Degree master. Degree master. Yeah. But yesterday, Jeff was a blood donor. Oh, that's very kind of you. And he has some very important mentoring tips when attending a blood drive. Yes, brethren, when you uh, donate blood, make sure that you uh, eat something at least four hours before you donate. I didn't do that. Once I got done with the withdrawal of the blood, I went over to the table with the food and drink, reached for a bag of cookies, and the next thing I was looking up at the ceiling. Needless to say, my head looks like a scuffed basketball. It, it does. It <laughs> Thank does. you. Yes. <laughs> now, they say that we're all brothers. And uh, when Jeff hit the ground, somebody said, uh, who knows CPR? And everybody put their hands down and looked at their feet. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> and now somebody else has your clumsy blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. maybe, maybe they'll reject it. Okay. So. Well, you're not the only one who has passed out um, this week. I passed oh, out in Rome. Yes. Yeah. Which I'm sure we'll probably pick up on the... the the other part of the show, you would have already heard about that. Yeah, so. maybe we already talked about it. Yeah, so so I, I was at a dinner last night, and uh, in fact, one of the guys that's in it today's rehearsal said he had gotten that procedure where they freeze or burn your face to get rid of cancer. Okay. And that's what he thought I had. Yeah, so it does I, look like, yeah, skin cancer. But I told him that in front of a <laughs> bunch of brothers at this dinner that I had a low elevation incident. That sounds official, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I think from my old days of being a uh, dispatcher, um, if it's a fall less than 10 feet, it's a uh, basic life support response. So you don't need a paramedic. 
if you fall from greater than 10 feet, you have to send the paramedics. So oh, they, they wanted to do a paramedic. I said, no, just let me lay here. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I may not look okay, but... Oh, and that's our cue. I guess we have to go get the door. And that was Moyer's Magical Mentoring Minute. <laughs> about to enter Corpora Obscura, the realm of weird fraternal organization. Leave your Freemasonry behind. Prepare to meet druids, caliphs, and wild creatures. Knock thrice and enter at your own risk. Welcome to another Corpora Obscura, Masonic Light Podcast listener. Today we're going to talk about the Daughters of Isis. No, 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 not a terrorist organization but rather a ladies' group attached to Prince Hall Shriners. The Daughters of Isis is the female auxiliary of the ancient Egyptian Arabic order of the nobles of the mystic shrine, Prince Hall affiliated. Groups began to pop up around the early 1900s. The Imperial Court, the national governing body, was founded in Detroit, Michigan on March 24, 1910 by representatives from Maryland, Rhode Island, and Washington, D.C. The group aims to support the Prince Hall-affiliated shrine, providing positive role models for young people and practicing charity and benevolence to inculcate honor and integrity, as symbolized in the legend of the Egyptian queen, the goddess Isis. Specific programs include education and scholarships, volunteer activities, financial donations, and more. From a small beginning of 12 courts, the organization now claims more than 200 local bodies operating in the United States, Canada, Germany, Italy, and Japan. Want to learn more about America's fraternal history? Visit the J.H. Rathbone Museum in person in Lafayette, Indiana, and online at www.jhrathbonemuseum.org. And we're back. You just heard from Seth Anthony and maybe... Moyer's magical Masonic mentoring <laughs> mojo's minute. <laughs> very, very inspiring words. Nice. Um, so I hear rumors that there's a new book on the uh, on the on the book in the bookstand at the bookstore yeah. that you guys read already. It's in the men's room at the bookstore. It's, it's in where the this book belongs. <laughs> Larry and I both got so excited that Dan Brown was going to bring out a new book. Wait, wait, wait! Cue the music. Okay, continue. Okay, there's the music. So we both rushed out and spent a ridiculous amount of money on this book. Larry, what are your thoughts on this tripe uh, book? Um, since you've already given yours. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> just getting warmed up. I began to read, uh, I, I, I started reading it, and I actually thought, wow, he is really doing well. Uh, it, it reminded me of Da Vinci Code, his first book, and it, it was really a great buildup. I enjoyed it thoroughly till I got to the halfway point. And something started to happen. All of a sudden, I started saying, 
to myself at the midpoint, there is really only going to be one solution to this. And I mean, hell, I could have written this. Uh, the, the solution being is no one's going to say God's dead. No one's going to take take the church down to the down to the down to the dust. It isn't going to happen. Artificial intelligence. Are you just trying to say you've solved the mystery early on? Well, no, well, no, no. The, the, it, 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 it was so obvious. It was disappointing. It, it was it was not only that, but. If you went to the garage sale and found a tattered old copy of the Da Vinci Code and a and a whiteout container, and you went through and you whited out everything that said Knights Templar and wrote in its place um, uh, artificial intelligence, right? Yeah, yeah, you've wrote that. You've written that book. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. It's it's done. It was it was he. It, this was so mailed in. It was unimaginable. So. Brethren, if you're out there thinking about buying this book because it might say the word Freemasons in it twice, don't do it. <laughs> Wait till it comes to your local library, check it out, burn it, and throw the ashes down the sewer because it's rubbish. And what you should do instead is go to Amazon.com and buy a copy of The Red Serpent by John Ivey. I mean, Larry no, Maris. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Well, I'll tell you one thing on this, on Origin, which is the title of Dan Brown's book. Uh, I, there's nothing that he stole from me in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you could have written it. I could have written it. All exactly. Right. All right. Hey, uh, thanks for listening to whatever we call this thing. Bo book, book Nook. Book Nook or Book Nook. Book Nook. I don't know. Spooky Nook. Jason. Spooky Book. It's Halloween. Spooky Book Nook. Spooky Book Nook. Spooky Book Nook. Uh, wasn't that that Russian spacecraft? I think that's different. So be before we wrap up, uh, anything in the news, Jack? Ah, yeah, but I need a minute to open up my phone so I can read it. Take. Ah, we'll just let it roll. Yeah, just let it roll. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Good news, everyone. Masonic Light News. News not fit to print. In Masonic News today, it has been announced that Pope Francis has vetoed the appointment of the ambassador from Lebanon to the Holy See on the basis of his membership in the Masonic fraternity. The pontiff said, seriously, he couldn't be a Rotarian or a Knight of Columbus? Local Illuminati chapters report that plans for world domination are now completely off track. Meanwhile, the Grand Lodge of Lebanon was unaware that they had diplomatic relations with the Vatican. And that's the Masonic news. So mote it was. What? <laughs> what? Too many words. <laughs> uh, so Sorry. we're going to have to postpone Larry's topic of uh, lodge management. We'll, we'll do that. Another. Although it is an excellent idea. It is. Well, you know, I think maybe we can start doing something here. We could talk about something on this show. And give the listeners a week or so to digest it. Maybe they can give us some suggestions to talk about. Their Venn diagrams. Yeah. And uh, That's flow a good charts. Idea. That's a good idea. We'll, we'll, have an, we'll plan on having an upcoming show on lodge management or lack thereof. And <laughs> What are you saying, Larry? Why, why, why aren't men being trained to basically manage a lodge? Do they have any management skills? Because and, most lodges are just thankful that somebody may, said yes and someone is offering to be in the line. And then they're like, 
it's like Jenga. Like they, they don't want to touch it because they don't want to break it. Well, see, like, here you go. We got a show planned. Let us hear from Preview. you and, and give us your input. And we don't care where you're from, whether you're from Uppsala, Sweden, or from, <laughs> from Amsterdam and Holland, or from New York or Send California. Packages. Get a hold of us. Let us know what you think. So before we wrap up, I got a couple other things. We talked about uh, fan mail, hate mail, and we should have added this in. Uh, oh, we got some sound effects. Ooh. It's, uh, it's uh, Halloween. So Larry's um, fake uh, fuzzy math said that we had thousands of Facebook <laughs> listeners a while ago. Which was inspiring. And then we have just shy of 600. So I think that we should run, we should run a Facebook contest, right? Why? Because, why not? I mean, you know, let's see if we can get... Uh, what's the next milestone? A thousand likes on our Facebook page. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you're our thousandth like, I will personally buy you a Masonic scarf and we'll send it to you. Yeah? At, at retail. At, <laughs> <laughs> at double. So that's Jason's Facebook challenge. I'll, I'll, I'll buy our 1,000th our 1, uh, like on Facebook. But speaking of social hopefully media. Hopefully they'll be in a cold climate. <laughs> yeah. So if you already liked us, please don't unlike us. Yeah. I hate when that happens. <laughs> and then um, like us again and then unlike us and like us again. And we should also thank our 59 followers. <laughs> <laughs> not on SoundCloud? On our new Instagram. On our oh, Instagram. that's brand new. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you can, ah, we should put oh, that picture up there. You can, I, I like the picture of the toilet paper that you stole from uh, Ken Mueller. We must both be friends with Ken yeah. on, <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> but so you can find us on Instagram at Masonic Light, all one word, Masonic L-I-T-E. And uh, you may or may not see a picture that may or may not be me and Pete <laughs> for the may or may not have happened degree that falls somewhere between seven and nine didn't happen they were in so, drag so jason um to steal something from another show mm-hmm. um again was it roundtable that had the discussion about um like the watering down or the dilution of freemasonry no 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 uh, all was that no, winding no, no. stairs no you've got it you've got it backwards okay um John Ruark, the numbers guy, and you know we'll give these guys a, a plug because John and Jason both will be coming to Lancaster on March third of two thousand eighteen. To my basement. What? what? Wayne's World. Wayne's World. They said that they would be, <laughs> they'd be amenable to uh, to come do a, a recording with us. It'd be a lot easier to not screw up a live or a, you know, in person interview with them. But they're going to be doing a, a lecture at uh, the Masonic Center in Lancaster. However, John is the, you know, if you've listened to some of John's presentations and, and especially at the Academy of Sonic Knowledge last year, um, you know, the numbers show that Freemasonry is, is by, by the numbers, is dwindling. His co-host, Robert Johnson, has said on a few occasions, who's also a number guy, he thinks that it's distilling, right? So there is less volume, but it's more potent, not diluting, but uh, but it's becoming it's becoming stronger, which is interesting because if you listen to what Tabard had to say on our show and what he said in the past, and if you listen to uh, Brother Paul, who was just at the Academy of Masonic Knowledge this past week, um, they both have you know similar things to say that, you know, yeah, there was a big spike post-war and and now we're you know dwindling back down some people think it's dwindling down it's going to end and some people think that you know that was a spike that that was the anomaly and now we're coming down to our you know to a distilling level the problem is is we've invested so much in our real estate dependent bodies right that with no plan for contraction that's the that's the challenge the challenge isn't the the number of members the challenge is you know we've built this giant house and now we can't take care of it right fabulous but yeah. uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, I got one more. Definitely. Do I have one more plug? I might have one or two more plugs. Hang on. Um, because we only have a couple chances to talk about this. On, Are we all in agreement that December 2nd, we are going to be at the Reading Scottish Rite? Yes. Yes. So December 2nd, in the evening sometime, you'll have to go to the... Uh, 7 p.m. The 7 p.m. We'll probably be there earlier, but at 7 p.m. at the Valley of Reading, uh, they have... Uh, Back-to-back weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the 2nd and the 3rd, and then also the 9th and the 10th. But on the very first night, December 2nd, 7 p.m. at the Reading Scottish Rite, we will be doing a live broadcast during their holiday celebration. So it's, you know, um, food, family activities, uh, presents, you know, all sorts of holiday festivities. So, But we will be there. I don't know why they invited us. Uh, but if you'd like to come in person and maybe, you know, get a little shout out on the air, we'd be happy to, to have you sit at the desk with us for a few minutes and be on the Sonic Lake podcast. Or we'll be doing uh, some bourbon sampling in the parking lot. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about that. No, I don't know. And, Just uh, kidding. Lastly, um, you know, we, we'll travel. We've I've had a lot of questions up in Harrisburg uh, about possibly speaking. So, you know, if you're within driving distance or, uh, you know, it's a reasonable trip for us, we'd be we'd be happy to come. Uh, you know, talk about Masonic light and Freemasonry and, and, uh, do a live little recording like we did for Zembo Shrine. We had a lot of fun. So let us know. Yeah, exactly. Have food. We'll travel. Uh, that, uh, that thing at Scottish Rite in, in Reading actually is a big event. It's huge. Uh, huge. It's huge. Layouts. Huge. It's, uh, <clears throat> uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. Plus my grandchildren are going to be visiting yeah, our, nice. our, nice. our booth, which would be great. Awesome. Let's go Make home. them stars. Let's go home. Take us out of here, Larry boy. Do we want to go around the horn? What we got going on? Or was that pretty much it? Um, Coming up? I'm I'm protesting Freemasonry, so I'm having not much going on. <laughs> I, I have a lot going on. Degrees, meetings. I, I, I just want to finish the damn basement. <laughs> Uh, I'm 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 not going to uh, a large lodge meeting. I'm picking my wife up at Philadelphia Airport. She's coming back from France after. Well, you're on a, you're on a committee of inquiry for a petition from uh, eight months ago. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, Wednesday <laughs> night, actually. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing that candidate has been unavailable. Oh. <laughs> if, if if anybody could feel the stairs, I so just... sorry. There's no camera in here. One of these days, Larry's going to feel the stairs coming down to the basement. <laughs> Oh, right, come on. It's time to go home. <sighs> um, We're waiting on you, Larry. Yeah. Uh, okay. cue, cue Larry. <clears throat> do you want to do Halloween music to cue me and just uh, Halloween shit? Or? No. <laughs> <laughs> just, just start talking, Larry. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Appropriate tonight, thanks to our uh, Grand Lodge coordinator, Jack Snafu Lots. Also, too, to, uh, again, and I got to reiterate, to our Masonic Dietitian and Masonic Light Podcast Advisor, Cindy, I give up. Yeah, she's obviously and, making uh, an impact. Our, our director of uh, crowd control, uh, especially being, well, no, it's not Halloween tonight, uh, Barb Dwyer. Uh, also, too. Did he just say our Bud Dwyer? Barb Dwyer. Oh, Barb oh I was thinking of our former, just Google his name and then, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that video, maybe it still is. You can, oh, yeah. You can oh, it's get still, still there. there. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know what the difference between a Bud, never mind, and a Budweiser is? One's a screw off, one's a pop off. <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> 
Our director of uh, clandestine meetings, Ron Desbue, and... Uh, <laughs> this is not your best work, Larry. Not my best work. It's right up there with the news. Oh, jeez. Come on. Uh, public opinion pollster, Paul Murky of Murky, uh, Murky Research. Murky Research. Uh, our, our staff fact checker, Near Enough. I think I'm going to quit for the night anyway. <laughs> Wait, to, uh, Stephanie Horse to replied our, to the comment, to, to Mark Madden's comment. Uh, to uh, our, uh, Mrs. Monarch to you. To our, to our law firm of Lowball and Lynch, uh, we say, uh, this is Larry Maris. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is Pete. Uh, just one pin on your fez. Thank you. This is, this is Jack. <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm so lost. And Jason Lewis. Good night.